Welcome to the Phantom Zone. And now, talks. I played here. They put Planet Terror up front, uh, which is like this big, high octane Robert Rodriguez like. Are you, are you sure? I feel like yes. when I saw it, it was second. Yeah, no, like, me too. No, Planet Terror was absolutely first because then the next movie is uh, the Tarantino kind of slow build up. You know, uh, yeah, the death proof. Proof. Yeah. like which is like. Like from dusk from dusk till dawn is like kind of like the same way where from dusk till dawn starts off as a Quentin Tarantino movie and it's paced like a Tarantino movie and yeah, that, and that's why the movie, and then that's why the movie's good and then they get to the club and the, then it yeah. becomes and then it becomes a Robert Rodriguez film and it's like like the, like a film like just keeps on ramping up like Terror ramps up and then it goes down I think Death Proof is way better yes. than Planet Terror but I don't. I don't begrudge people for thinking Death Proof is bad because they saw Planet Terror first. Yeah, I definitely think, I I swear to God, like, I feel like when I saw it, it was Death Proof first, then Planet Terror. Maybe it's just wishful thinking. Well, actually, what ended up in the end is I actually was more hyped about the trailers than either of the two movies. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. like Machete was good. Yeah, Machete, uh, which became a real film. Or yeah, movie, right. Uh, Don't was very good. Well, I believe I, that they were all supposed to be real films um, at some like, point in well, like some Mach- concept. Well, Machete was totally a real film. Well, yeah, um, Rodriguez yes. made that like that. It was his like pet project for Treo. Um, and then Thanksgiving was so, like Eli Roth was, yeah. yeah, Eli Roth tried to get Thanksgiving off the ground. I just, I don't think it just ever kind of came together. Um, uh, and evidently like Hobo with a Shotgun was also a fake trailer in some areas. And that actually became a movie too. Uh, that movie's not bad. Uh, if, if you've never seen a Hobo with a Shotgun. I have got not. Rucker, it's got Rucker Howard as a Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I cannot picture Morgan Edge as a Hobo with a shotgun. <laughs> we'll get, I don't uh, know. He's been in lots of terrible movies. <laughs> but uh, Anger Wright Don't and Werewolf Women of the SS by Rob Zombie, I don't think we're ever going to be real films. Uh, I know. I, Werewolf, Werewolf Women of the SS has the best. Like that one stole from me because it has um, yeah, Nicolas Cage, Cage as, uh, as Fu, Fu Manchu. Manchu. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, and, and I love Nick Cage. Like, I, I, I feel like people uh, dog on Nick Cage because they're like, oh, he's just so over the top. He's so goofy and he's a and, crazy person but when he gets locked into a role that he can crush he crushes it he but, just yeah. chooses random shit because he's a crazy person but i think people don't think that he's in on the joke when he's totally oh, in on the joke he's totally in on the joke like he gets the insanity of it and the insanity of him well like have you guys seen mom and dad that's uh, no. uh no i i it's on hulu and i've been meaning to watch it. oh my god go watch it he he channels that that in mandy he he channels like the anger the yeah i haven't seen mandy but my friend has seen it six times uh it came nick out cage, in november yeah nick cage in mandy is probably the best thing about mandy like other than like the visuals and the cinematography it, it gets a little bit too much its own butthole uh, about like shot composition and holding a shot and be like this is look cool and like yeah can we kind of move on uh but like nick cage like totally makes that movie oh okay well yeah no that that makes sense that's all i've ever heard about that movie as well mm-hmm. so i i really need to see it and that's that's a a personal thing i'm i'm yeah. gonna probably do soon i also think to like go with that I, he might be my favorite part in um oh my god the is it mark miller movie the um i, I keep thinking hit girl but that's not the main character oh kick ass 
like he is like his scene mm. that scene is like crazy but it's amazing it's iconic yeah well that's like somebody doing the like taking crazy nick cage and like putting him in the right thing i also yeah. don't mind him in the second ghost rider is just like cuckoo bananas like to the extreme and it's amazing <laughs> yeah that's when that's like prime nick cage needs money time um so he was I, just I, like, I, like i think that i think the second ghost rider movie is actually like kind of a fun movie um it's the guys from crank that did it like so it's yeah. if you like crank it's well, yeah, way better than the first one those are the same dudes that did uh mom and dad Okay. Um, Wait, them 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 crank boys made mom and dad. I'm gonna pull that up right now. I think probably one of them did because they broke up a while ago. Um, because I know I know one of the crank boys is doing happy. Yeah, they broke up a while ago. But um, them them crank boys. That's that (laughs) is a great tagline. Them crank boys. Um. But yeah, like, I don't know. I like Nick Cage. He's a giant comic book nerd. Yeah, he's he the, the guy Cal L. Yeah, he was the guy that owned, like, the highest rated copy of Action Comics that ended up getting stolen, but then he got it went back to him eventually. Okay, sorry. Uh, I, I hate to interrupt, but uh, the man who directed and wrote uh, Mom and Dad wrote Crank, Crank 2, uh, and Gamer. What's his name? Oh, oh, it is Brian. It's Brian Taylor. Yeah, it's it's like uh, yeah, because the team was Taylor. Um, Lord, not I was gonna say Lord Taylor. No, but it's not. It's it's Selma wrote- Blair and Nicolas Cage, and they they I think they do fantastic for what they're given. They do an absolutely smash up job. But please oh, go. On. Oh man, Selma Blair, somebody that I love, and they just did like a thing on her because she has MS. Oh. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, she, like, has to walk with a cane and stuff now. That's why she's like, hasn't been in anything really in, like, a decade. Okay, well. Yeah, no, that was, like, a downer, but, uh. Yeah, I don't know where to go from there. I I, I hope she does better, oh, or she feels sorry, good. Like, there, it was Neville Dean and Taylor. That was, like, the two guys. So, Brian Taylor and Mark Neville. Okay, yeah, this is yeah, a Brian Taylor up. project. Yeah, they split up a while ago, because. Yeah, Neville Dean ended up working on a Jonah Hex. Oof, yeah. Well, no, I, that might have been when they were still kind of running around together. No, Brian, a... Brian Taylor also did Jonah Hex. Yeah. Screenplay as... Oh, yeah, this is probably where they split up because he's all titled as Taylor. Yeah. Okay. Um. Hey, welcome to the comic book podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, That's wanna... what we do here. Oh, uh, do we want to jump into some of these news topics? There really wasn't a ton of big news. We, uh, we kind of say that every week. Yeah, well, because it's rare that there's, like, gigantic, like, earth-shattering news. Um, well, two of the three are identical. Oh, yeah, and uh, I know, I copied one twice. And then, Connor, you put one earlier. Um, yeah, no, that was just something that kind of just applied to me, I realize. Oh, it's fine. Well, like, well, it's a Marvel story, but, like, yeah, so they're giving... So now... In your story, so basically, Venom has a kid. Now, who is actually Venom running around right now? Uh, it's still Eddie Brock. Um, oh, it's back to or at Eddie. least, oh. yeah, it, it is Eddie. Uh, it's I Donny watched, Kate's run. I watched hmm? Venom. Oh, I have not oh, seen Oh, you finally watched? I've seen Venom. Venom, uh, Eminem plays in the background in my head whenever I hear that. You know, it's funny. That's honestly, like, the worst thing about that movie is that, Ven- is that Eminem Venom song. Uh, I would agree. That, that movie is, like kind of not bad yeah that's also my my feel on it as well like it's not uh uh it's not great uh and, mm-hmm. and i don't even, i don't even think it's like maybe good but it's like is it like that second ghost rider movie kind of yeah but it's like i it's think it's like, like wonky that's crazy. for sure like i think i think tom hardy is a pretty good eddie brock i like tom hardy and venom a lot uh together uh everything else is just kind of 
cheesy and bad, but like not not like offensively bad. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like Amazing Spider-Man Two where it's cheesy and bad and it's kind of just like such a drag to watch. Yeah. Um, like it's I th- I think it's fun. Um, I I'd like to see uh more Tom Hardy Venom, and I think I I I totally see like what um fan artists were going with on the Venom slash. Uh, Eddie Brock fiction, <laughs> uh, like that, yeah. like the scene where Eddie, Eddie, and and the Venom suit kiss yeah. and reform to each other is, it's it's like so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, there's a handful of scenes in there where I'm like, wow, you really went all out, didn't you? Uh, but yeah, of of last year's superhero films, it's not it's not as good as Spider Man. Like, uh, no, it's no. not Spider Verse good. It's not. Um, it's not Black Panther good. Um, it's like it's like kind of like hard to kind of even piece it. It's you know I don't think I'd watch it again by myself. Like I watched it with friends. Is it um, better than Suicide Squad? Mm-hmm. Another yes. movie I yes. have not seen. Yet. Yes, 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 yes. A million times. times. Yes. Okay. There's like a handful of movies I just like cannot find the energy and strength to see. It is Suicide it Squad is, and Amazing Spider-Man Two are on that list. Oh, you it, gotta watch it, both of them. Complete, complete the set, man. It is better. I'm watching for the podcasts. Do it. Point. It's better than all the DC movies except for Wonder Woman. Um, I have not seen Aquaman yet, but I, yeah. I strangely almost think that Aquaman and Venom have like the same energy. So like, I'm kind of looking forward to watching Aquaman when it's out on DVD. Because I feel, I feel like, like Aquaman is like a fever dream. I feel like Aquaman and Venom are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, I feel like they're both like kind of want to be Deadpool in many ways, and then just aren't. At least Venom uh, is off that way. Venom too. does not come off Deadpool. Okay. Mm, yeah, it's very dry. Okay. Least, uh, it, okay. It's, Maybe it's, that was just a trailer's look. It's it's funny in in the ways that like. Uh, Tom Hardy is neurotic and kind of just like weird um, and, a, and a total loser. Uh, and Venom is like kind of like that poke and prod kind of character is like trying to make him, you know, do more. Uh, it's very, um, it's very the mask. Oh. oh, but not, but not like Warner Brothers, uh, like cartoon the mask. It's kind of like the the comic the mask, where like. The mask like actually killed people, and it was like a lot more kind of like dark and gritty, but like it still had like that kind of weird humor to it. Like Venom eats a guy's head. Oh, okay. And yeah, he eats of, a few people, and it's kind of played for laughs. Yeah, it hmm. feels like a '90s comic. It like it, uh, in all fairness, just the way they approach like humor. Yeah, and, and I know, like, people were comparing it to, like, early 2000s superhero films, which I think is, like, a fair comparison, but, like, I think it's, I think if this movie came out in that era, it would still be better than, like, Ghost Rider and Daredevil and, like, a lot of the other films that would have came out around that time. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you're kind of selling me on it, so maybe I will check it out this week, finally. I would watch it with the most amount of people you can, because I think that movie gets better with the more friends you watch with it. Mm. Okay. I can definitely give that a shot. Um, but yeah, to go back, to tie back to that story. So in the comic <laughs> books, I guess they're giving Eddie Brock, he has a kid now? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I'm not super caught up. I just read the first uh, paperback volume of yeah. the, like the first 12 issues, I think. I read the uh, article and I was just like, I'm so lost in what's going on in the Marvel Universe. Uh, what uh, they're, trying, they're really trying to distance him from Spider-Man, uh, almost like pulling him entirely out of 
like that zone he's dealing with his own symbiote problems and and shield and fury um and like there is a moment where he teams up with miles morales for like an issue and then it's over um but they are trying to like give him that moment because he was a bad guy they want to try and reverse that make him like the anti-hero yeah uh, i think i was at the panel where dunny canes was kind of talking about that um like he was talking about how um they're like they're building up to like this big thing with uh the the symbiote god and how the symbiote god was there at the you know the beginning of like before the beginning of creation within like the abyss of the blackness and then the celestials show up and basically like create life and like the the symbiote god he's got a name i forgot what it was but no null and so null kills one of the celestials uh but they steal him away within um like like the symbiotes like kind of rebel against null and they make him and they basically encase him within the symbiote planet and that's basically what's holding like null back uh but something is but that's like basically what they're building up towards is that the symbiote god is going to break out and uh, cause some havoc. Yeah, and it's... the article says it yeah, connects to Cassidy, and then it has to go and like find all. It actually kind of reminded me of Naruto, where it like has to find all the other. It all comes back to Naruto. Symbiote holders and like takes stuff from them in order to rebuild itself. So it reminded me of like the Jin. I can't. Jinchuiki is that how you say it in Naruto? I I uh, don't I guess I'm know. The only person that saw Naruto or read it. I read it. I got up to like Shippuden. Uh, yeah, I don't maybe know. eighty chapters it's in. The, it's like, the people with like the animal spirits in them, like those special. Okay, ones, yeah, like Naruto. Because mm-hmm. at some point, somebody has to take them all out of them. So, like, that's apparently like kind of what this is leading to as well. Yeah, I I don't. So know that. I'm assuming that there'll be like a, a McGargan storyline, and then uh, is what's his name still alive? Not uh, Flash. Flash Thompson? Yeah, yeah, they they do talk about him, but I don't know where or what he's doing right now. I know uh, the symbiote was, be- is back with Brock. I believe Flash is dead. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. Oh, what is Flash currently doing? Oh, he's dead. Yeah. Okay, well, give it a couple years. He'll be back. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be back real soon. He probably will be back at the end of this. He'll probably be like to somebody that comes out of like the goo and it's like, oh, Ooh, how did I come back to life? Goo Thompson with legs. Yeah. Oh man, I I kind of hope they don't give him back his leg. I'm, okay, it's such a powerful. I, story, I know what you mean, but it's like I, the, I, it's the Batgirl thing. It's when she was Oracle, and then they, you know, it's the other company. But eventually, they, they do changes. But like, I get what you mean. It would be really. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, it's one of those things where you have like disabled people being represented within comics, and then you know they get taking cured. and then taking that away. Whatever. It's like uh, I don't know. I don't want a man to like have his not have legs for the rest of his life, but you know, well, he's a fictional man, but <laughs> I know, I know, and that's why. Look, man, I feel bad when I like do stuff within fictional games, you know. Well, it depends. <laughs> it depends on the game, and like, does that game make you care about your actions? Yeah, because there are mostly. times that like sometimes like I play like oh I'll play like you know uh, Paragon like all the time, and then it's like there'll be just like a random NPC who's just like in my way. I'm like. God fucking damn it. Like, I just run them over with something. Yeah. All right. Um, let me jump to that. Uh, Jonathan Hickman is returning to Marvel. Yeah. Who's Jonathan Hickman for the idiot in the room? Uh, he is the guy who wrote, like, all of the Thanos stuff in Marvel. That, like, oh, okay. Cool. 
so he wrote uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Did he write Infinity War as well? No, you're thinking you're you're thinking of someone else. Uh, oh, that's Hickman. Jonathan oh, Jonathan Hickman wrote Infinity. Um, okay. Also, oh, is that he, the one that came out a couple years ago? Because I think I read that one. He also wrote Secret Wars, which is the big comic he wrote. Uh, but he, but he also wrote. Uh, he had like a long tenure on Fantastic Four and FF. Um, that was like pretty well celebrated. Uh, he also wrote a ton of independent comics with like the Nightly News of uh, 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 East of West. Yeah, I'm looking uh, through his stuff. I definitely like combined like several names of things, and then it just formed into something else. Yeah, I knew he did something uh, with Infinity stuff recently, right? He's like a big ideas guy. Like a lot of his books are just like super big ideas. Yeah. So in the story, apparently he's doing something with the X Men. It appears or mutants in general. Yeah, yeah. mutants I, or inhumans. Well, they, they used the word evolution, so usually that means mutants. Yeah, good point. But and that's been like the rumor for the while. But like, I don't know, man. I I don't know if he's like the person I want to be writing X Men. Yeah, I don't have enough of. Uh... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's just like it's gonna pro- it's gonna be another giant crossover event, most likely. So, I don't know. That's like kind of all. Um... Yeah, well, I was gonna buy the War of the Realms like prelude book, but it's like fifty dollars for like two issues here in Canada, so I'm not gonna do oh, that. Sweet Christ! Yeah, right. Like, if I just wanted to get the uh, like the, a copy, the volume. yeah, a copy. Would it be cheaper to just have an American friend buy it and ship it to you? No, it would be cheaper for me to just go online on Comixology and buy it for like $10 oh, digitally or twelve dollars or something like that. It's All just right. yeah, it's it's dumb. But I digress. Um, so I just want to do like a quick hit of like, so they just dropped like the February, like top selling books. And it is interesting to see like the top three books are all Batman books. But the number one was the Batman who laughs, which is kind of a carryover because that was one of the top books for all of 2018. So that book is doing real well. And then the other two Batman books are the two issues that tied in with the flash. that are kind of like a tie in to doomsday clock sort of not really more like the button and then venom was number four which is like the first marvel book and then number six or i mean number five is was heroes in crisis so and but yeah like it's interesting that like was it four of the top five books were all dc and all like batman connected stuff yeah there's two marvel books and oh three marvel books and the rest are all uh I think, like, the biggest surprise about any of this is, like, like, look, a Batman book selling, not a big surprise, you know? A number one book, you know, or, like, a big Spider-Man book selling, not a huge surprise. Venom, number 11, is the fourth highest selling book of that month. Like, of I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, not selling, like, the most ordered book of that month. Yes, yes. Like, Venom, number 11? Like, that's, like, bonks. Man, well, that shows that's... right now, like, the popularity of the character and the quality of the writing. The new Venom run is actually pretty good. I dug it. It's very, like, Cthulhu. Sure. Yeah, the other, all the other books ahead of it are all, like, mega tie-ins to other events. Yeah, or, like... but, like, I, like, I don't want to, like, try and stress this. Like, it's a number 11 of a not a triple A character. Like, I Venom yeah. Venom's big, but, you know, he's not... You know, he's not Cap, he's not Superman, you know, like, it's not Venom, Spider-Man. it's the number 11, like, th- like, that's, like, far into the series, like, I, that's just, that astounds me. It did better than two X-Men books and a Spider-Man book and an Avengers book. Yeah, Venom outsold Spider-Man, or that's- was out, was out, like, ordered by Spider-Man. But, like, also, to be fair, the Spider-Man book is shipping, like, 
five books a month. Which does, yeah. not, which does not surprise Oof. me if, like, numbers on that book are going to dip down. Well, Venom only has, like, I assume, one book a month. Oh, yeah. But, like, yeah. I think we've talked about that before. Like, that's one of the things that's, like, killing some... Like, it's not as bad as it has been in the past, because I can't remember when I was reading Marvel at some point, it was, like, Wolverine was in, like, six different issues a month. Because he had, like, three... He had, like, two of his own book. He was in, like, two different X-Men books, and then he was in Avengers at the time. So if you were, like, a Wolverine guy, you were just getting crushed. But, like, that is insane what they're doing with Spider-Man. I- I mean, like, I think that's, like, a little different. Like, like what I'm, what I'm like, kind of, like, pointing out about Spider-Man is that you have Amazing Spider-Man, like, 16, 16-point 16 hunted, 17, 17-point 17 hunted, and 18, all shipping within the same month. And they're all $4 oh. a piece. They're all part of the same storyline. And it's, like, and they're doing it for two months. That's, it's like, that's so weird. Like, yeah, it, I, it's so weird. And it, like, it you know and it's sad because like i i like this series but they're just nickel and diamond me like they're making me feel bad that i'm buying these books and i kind of don't want to now mm-hmm. like i'd rather drop spider-man and like try and give like more love to a book like you know meet the scrolls or runaways or wasp oh yeah i definitely am like with you there like it's i've greatly cut back on the stuff i've been buying because they're just they pump out stuff too much, and then also, like, they've been cutting, for me, like, the DC books, they've been canceling stuff. Like, I'm afraid if I get into stuff, it's going to get canceled. Um, do you want to go into what we've read or going to be reading this week? If you got anybody you got has a uh, anything specific they want to shout out. Oh, yeah, I went to Emerald City Comic Con. Oh, yeah, talk about that. Um, it was pretty cool. I was sick for most of it, and uh, but I, I, I went uh, Thursday... Uh, Friday and Saturday. I skipped Sunday. Uh, I went to a Sunday market instead. Uh, but uh, it was like super fun. I uh went up into Artist Alley. I bought some really cool stuff from Chris Anka, who had like um a couple uh really cool art books. Like one was uh um an Overwatch themed bathing suit uh collaboration he did. So it was like all the males and females of of Overwatch and bathing suits, and it was pretty cool. Uh, I also bought like another collaboration book from him. Uh. Uh, with a, like another person uh, called Waifu Wars or like our street or like Waifu Fighters, I think it was called, and it was basically like uh, a bunch of female characters from all these different fighting games that he like drew. Um, but like I, I also bought some stuff from uh, um, 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 uh, Steve Lieber, uh, and and that guy was super cool. <laughs> like uh, Steve Lieber did like Superior Fuzz of Spider Man and the Fix and Hawkeye. Oh, and, cool. Uh, and I was like, hey, man, like, I really like your stuff. And I'm, like, really excited for Jimmy Olsen, uh, which is, uh, he's uh, doing the art for, uh, along with uh, a writer, uh, Matt Fraction. And he's like, oh, man, that's really cool. Like, do you want to see it? And I'm like, uh, sure. And he pulls out, like, a folder and he shows me. And it's basically the entire, like, issue uh, of, of the number one of Jimmy Olsen. Uh, like, there was no dialogue. It was just, like, ink pages. Uh, and... Yeah, it was, like, I basically got to see, like, all this, like, kind of really cool, like, just, like, uh, jokey stuff, you know, because, like, he's, like, kind of a visual, uh, like, he, he he draws, like, uh, like jokes in the backgrounds or, like, just reaction faces to, like, situations. It looks like a really fun book. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, I met Kyle Stark, who was super cool, uh, who wrote Assassination, and uh, I went to a couple of different panels, like, I went to a Dark Horse uh, manga panel, 
uh, and went to a live recording of Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. Uh, and they had like a couple different people who were working on the Age of X-Men book that kind of sold me on that book a lot more than uh, what I kind of like previously thought that book was. Which I think is also kind of the problem with Marvel, where it's like they have an event called Age of X-Men, but they don't kind of really explain to you very well like what it is. <laughs> And, you know, going to this panel, like, uh, I think explains it'll be like way more and I'm like way more kind of excited to like read some of these other books. And uh, I went to a couple different like uh, erotic themed uh, panels about, you know, nudity and comics. That was like kind of super fun. So like they have like a bunch of stuff that goes on at Emerald City. Uh, they have like a panel for almost everything. Uh, there have been there were like a couple podcasting panels I wanted to go to that I missed. Uh, the Robotech panel is always just like a laugh riot because it's just the guy. It's just like so pathetic. The, the guy on stage who like kind of runs the brand of Robotech. And it's just I like I like Robotech a lot. But just like the people who run that 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 brand now are just it's it's laughable it's so bad and just like kind of like watching them like kind of figure out like what today's audiences want for robotech is just so cringy uh i, I meant to go try and find the panel but i just there was something way cooler at, at the time and i was like ah i'd rather go see something more interesting than something for a laugh um but yeah uh if you have like any chance to go to emerald city comic-con uh it's a total riot um I know that the same people that put on Emerald City also do C2E2 in Chicago. That I believe that's coming up pretty soon, um, and I assume that that's also like a pretty rad convention. Yeah, I have to like I haven't been to a convention in like a couple of years since I moved here, and I do have to go because I do get a couple of really cool ones. There's us, I think that's like I can't remember what the main one DC is, but I know they also do one called Blurred Con, where it's mm-hmm. all like uh, specifically kind of trying to like bring about like like a non-white non-white sounds terrible like it like a more diversity in comics and both like writers and producers and stuff like that yeah and i mean to be and to be honest like more conventions need to be doing stuff like that um i i wouldn't i i had to work a anime convention in dc last year and like uh the building that they run conventions out of is just like a labyrinth it's so big and like someone could probably die in that building and they (laughs) would find them for weeks well you know they have so many conventions here uh, <laughs> i have to figure out which one it is because my wife's been to conventions here for work but like i have not gone i don't know if it's in the same building uh the last one i went to was in new jersey i went to the east coast but i've been to the new york one a bunch of times well yeah you can always go out to a con and help uh support the industry go to like local artist booths and stuff like that yeah Try to do all that stuff buy like one thing from at least one local guy like or like small independent guy yeah I haven't been to a con in years, but I always made it a point to go down to Artist Alley and just, like, buy yeah. a bunch of shit. I have so much, like, art that I have never I, – I just have it, like, in a folder somewhere. I know where it is, but it's in, like, this massive, like, art folder uh, to put up somewhere at some point uh, just from, like, the last few cons I've been to. Support your local artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other news? Like, um, anything no... big? Not that I could think of. Uh, did you guys think of anything? Are you on the East Coast, by the way? I am, yes. Is it how close is it to midnight? Uh, an hour and fifteen minutes. An hour and fifteen minutes. Disney officially owns Twenty Century Fox. Oh. oh damn! And then the corporations just get bigger. Yeah, <laughs> and we were talking about this. One of, the, one of the groups is like, yes, it's like, oh, Disney gets bigger, but like the way Fo- the people, uh, the Murdochs, I think it's his two two of his kids. Because I think he got he had to step down. They were selling. It didn't. It was either to Disney or it was to Comcast. And either way, it was going to be a giant corporation becoming even bigger. Yeah. 
And, you know, people are going to lose jobs, but that's kind of what happens in any merger and anything. So, yeah, it's, you know, I know people are like, oh, like, I, I'm more like, oh, this isn't all bad or all good. Like, yeah, we get some, like, more of the characters back together for, like, movie stuff. And Fox has kind of been putting out a shit product for a while when it comes to a lot of movies. And it doesn't look like what they have left over is any better. We talked about that last week, so... I I don't know. Like I feel very like ambivalent towards it. Like yeah. I don't, it's like it was gonna happen. I'd rather be Disney than Comcast. I hate Comcast. Using <laughs> the internet as we talk because I have to. Yeah, I get that being locked into like one subscriber or yeah. like the lesser of all evils. Oh yeah, they're literally the only. It's either this or I have DSL. Ooh, that's whoa. the only thing available by me. Holy crap, man! Yeah, I get it. Well, I empathize with that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm trying to think uh, before we get into our topic, was there any books that anybody wanted to specifically talk about? I know I doubt anybody here read Doomsday Clock. I, <laughs> no. I don't even know what Doomsday Clock is, man. It's a DC like, big event thing. Yeah, it's like DC and it's got like the Watchmen characters and I've seen panels yeah. posted in groups over the ca- last, like I think, year or something like that. Um, oh, did you read Grim Knight, or did you not read that yet? Oh, I definitely read. I read Grim Knight and Assassination Nation. Okay, um, Grim Knight was, I think, everything I wanted it to be. Yeah, no, it was rad. It was like the backstory I wanted, and it's it's the Batman. The Grim Knight reminds me of like the Frank Miller Batman. Um, yes, and I dig that. Like just this big burly old dude. Um, and I like seeing that world where like it's a world where he's kind of just like everyone's like shitting their pants and he just has like surveillance all over the entire like it's a um he has a kill switch on everyone pretty much yeah and he's like sniping them from like satellites yeah and gordon actually be, is like the head of the anti-batman squad mm-hmm. i guess and they pretty much take everybody out or he they take him out until like that that twist it's like oh mm-hmm. oh yeah because they don't know and then i find the entire interaction between the grim knight and then earth one um Jim, Jim, to be real interesting, yeah, and like yeah, the cause... setup they have for like, oh, like it, it's just like it is very interesting because they go into like, oh, he never had any costume villains because he just killed everybody. He killed everyone right before anyone could even get yeah. there. So like, so, yeah, he killed the Joker before like the Joker could even be exist. Yeah, yeah. So like That's none really... of his, yeah, the only one of his villains that exists is not a villain, which is Two Face, and he's the mayor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in order to get him to like bend the knee, he threw acid in his face. He fuck like, no, he radiated, irradiated. Oh no, yeah, he irradiated, he irradiated him or something. Like he, irradi- he, he fucking put him next to kryptonite or some crazy thing that has radiation. I don't know, but they he fucked him up as a mayor to be like, no, you're gonna. He became the greatest criminal, and he didn't yeah. even realize it. Yeah, because, like, it kind of ends with, like, uh, oh, you don't get it. Like, I was trying to, like, he's like, yeah, I can. it took me all this thing to convince the Batman who laughs to, like, let this do my way. But you're not him. You're not going to, like, see what I'm talking about. And you're not strong enough. And then the Batman who laughs comes in. He's like, yeah, you don't get it. He was trying to do you a mercy. You have no idea what the hell I'm going to do to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's a promise. Jim is going to be hurt from this one. Yeah. Oh, Crazy you, to think. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I was going to say... uh Go ahead with what you're going to say. I'll say after. Oh, no, I was just going to make like a comment how like a, I think like three or four years ago he was Batman, like the, the robo Batman for a while. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, the weird like bunny ears. I know some people like the story. It was just really weird. I like but... the I like the idea because it all led up to metal. And because of yes. that, I, I have like an undying love for that whole Snyder run. Um, 
But if you like the idea of like a Batman who's a cop, I would read White Knight, which I yeah, think came I out keep, in trade recently. Uh, yeah, it, not only did it just come out in trade, I think Comixology just has a, had a sale on it, too. Yeah, it's a um, very interesting take, and I think they're doing a sequel to it at some point soon. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, I'll gra- if I'll check the bookstore tomorrow, and if it's not there, I'll yeah, just grab my comics. It's really good. I love the concepts it gives to the mythos, and I love the character designs that it provides. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm always into i love the weird like offshoots oh yeah it's a great elseworlds Mm -hmm. um so you also did you read mr miracle or did you not get to i did i read no i read all the things Uh, i I didn't update the jojo chapters but i did also read jojo i've had a lot of downtime between shifts i've been i haven't read jojo i've been watching jojo i'm so glad you're watching jojo i've watched like a season and half of the second season oh you're on stardust Yes. Oh, boy. I think they're the last one I watched. They were on their way to Egypt. Like, or they figured out. Oh, wow. Hell yeah, dude. Um, Uh, To anybody who wants to get in, um, Crunchyroll does this awesome thing with the first season where they have like three kind of movie-ish cut re-edits of the entire first season where they get rid of all the filler. There's two episodes or two movies that at combo like uh, three hours in total. That'll yes. boil down all of uh, Phantom Blood and Battle Tendencies. So that's uh, how I got through all of that, and I was like, "That's yeah, I found this." Yeah, no, that's that's a decent way to do it. There is there is some great stuff you've missed in Battle Tendencies, uh, just like visual stuff. I would say that's the second. That's Joseph? that's the, that's Joseph. yeah, Joseph, best yeah. Joe. Um, uh, I like Joseph a lot. I really am liking Jotaro though. I like that he's oh, a yeah. dick. Like, oh, that dude. He reminds yeah. me in many ways of like like kind of old JRPG uh, like main characters. Yeah, he's like That's... very um, what the <laughs> hell? Tallest sixteen year old you've ever seen. Yeah, he he reminds me of um, Squall for Final Fantasy VIII. Just, oh like, yeah! Super dismissive of like everyone. Everyone's like, "Well, you're also like a really good guy." And he's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, only one. Can't I even am. accept that. Those yeah. girls come up to him and they're like, they're "Like Jotaro," and he's like, "Shut the hell up!" And they're like, "Shut up!" And they're like, "Oh." Like, <laughs> oh, when he the first time he called his mom a bitch, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, I me it was too. Sp- I thought it was like the spirit. I was like, "Oh wow!" And then they went back later. I was like, "I yeah, guess not." Jotaro is a very different gym star. Mm-hmm. He's super unique. So, like, I guess every season is a different Joe. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God! There's I saw there's like seven seasons. There's eight different parts of uh, at least manga wise. Oh my God. Um, but like I th- I think it's like you kind of see like where like you know Joseph was the star of of you know his story and now he's kind of like a supporting actor within Jotaro's story. Um, and I think it's like you know some of these characters will return and it's mm-hmm. like kind of cool to see them at different points in their life or like how they've matured. Um, especially how they dress in the JoJo series. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of don't understand Jotaro's hat. Like mm. it doesn't—it looks like a visor, but like it is a visor. Oh, it's only a, okay. That is hair at the back. Yeah, uh, it's like, like he will take the hat off, and that little flourish is not part of the hat. I, but I don't know if this is like a uh, um, controversial take, but um, I think like Stardust Crusaders might have like I think the least appealing of the supporting cast of the whole series so far. That's where I'm at right now with, mm-hmm. jo- yeah. with Joseph. Yeah, like, yeah the, like the red hair guy, and then the Kakyoin. Is that the? That's the red hair dude. Okay, and then the the guy who's like some ambiguous brown man. Uh, Abdal. Yeah. Abdal. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, oh, this is like, oh, Japanese being not sensitive to anything. It's like, yeah, I'm like, a fortune teller, and I'm yeah. And then, and then Palmerev shows up, and he's a giant loser, and I hate him. 
I love Paul Nareff. He's oh, my he he's my tall haired boy. Is he the guy that looks like Guile? Yeah. Okay, I see him in the the intro or whatever. Yeah, yeah. which he's got the, which he's is got that big hair. Yeah, which is funny because Guile has a haircut because of Paul Nareff. No, Guile has that hair because of uh, Stroheim, the Nazi. Oh, you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Wait, right. like in the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, this the manga's that old. This yeah, manga so came this... out in '87, dude. Holy shit! I did not yeah, know that. It doesn't it just feel fucking timeless? Yeah, I it's... did not know the story came out. It kind of makes a little bit more sense with why they're although the Nazis are good guys. Yeah, like really, like <laughs> that, that, that's weird. Yeah, that that part sucks, and it's like the only reason why. Like, I don't like. I like. Uh, uh, battle tendencies a lot that's like the main hurdle of that is that yeah like the kind of overt racism with a character named Smokey and good guy nazi it's like it's it's yeah. all it's a huge leap like i don't mind Smokey as much because like they're it's like not it's like not not a nickname like that exists and then they make him like a governor or something at the end yeah, it's a mayor of Pillar- Louis- uh, Louisiana or like uh, New Orleans. That's it. Yeah, something like uh, that. But the Pillar Men are great. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Aztec gods of fitness. Is that what they're supposed to be? No, yeah. that's just like the meme name. Okay, because I'm like, yeah, the ones in Mexico, but the rest are in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they would explain what they are a bit more. They're they're super vampires that when they put the mask on with the redstone of Aja, turn into ultimate they- life forms. Okay. I don't see what there isn't, uh, what I guess you like, don't understand. Like, it's like that Dragon Ball Z hand waviness. Yeah, man, like, it's there's anime. You, just gotta, that, you always yeah. got a hand wave with, like, anime. There's, there's a lot of comparisons to, like, that goofiness in Dragon Ball. Yeah, like, the best part of JoJo, in my opinion, is when I watch the newest episode, I text my friend who has also just watched the newest episode, and I'm like, hey, do you see that certain part where Giorno did X? And I'm like, yeah, that's bullshit, right? And yeah, that is bullshit. Let's talk about how bullshit that is and how much we love it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're liking it. I'm glad that you're like pressing along. Uh, yep. have you, so like, okay, so you've seen Dio and now, yes. you, and, and now you've seen Vampire Dio. Yes. Uh, that's it. I'm not, okay. I'm going to like look up these episodes and I want to kind of like, okay. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. Have you seen Oingo and Boingo? <gasps> Uh, no, like the, that that's uh, like late like, season. That's like part but, two of season. But three. like, but they're he's going to Egypt right now. Yeah, uh, I the last episode it's like they're in Egypt and the kids, the other douchey kid with the green blob is like, oh, I was in Egypt like a month ago. So like the next episode I'm I'll have lined up is when they get to Egypt. Okay, okay, yeah, you're almost I you were talking to about where the trainers are. in like Joseph's season. At first no, time. no, no. All right, so no. have you seen Darby? No, <gasps> he's. Have right. you met that Bull Horse? No, I, I think I've only met that redheaded douche. Uh, and they just removed the bug from his forehead. Uh, oh, you're, you're still oh. in Japan. Yes, I'm, I'm saying, like, they're just about Forget to Forget everything we just said. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, we just named characters. That's true. Yeah. We didn't do anything specific. Oh, uh, we can jump back to comics, though. So I do, because I think, John, you also read Mr. Miracle. What are your thoughts on that? That is, oh, that, uh, that is oh, a that's, book. Oh, that series that's, is really good. That's a head trip, man. Oh. Uh, it's it's really good. Uh, Mr. Miracle and Barda, I think, are the best couple in DC yes. Comics. Uh, I'm glad you brought that. Their up. their their relationship is is so good. Um, 
I love like just like the little bit of stuff like like if you know like a lot about comics that move that book is like is like full of Easter eggs. Oh. Uh, if you're not a fan of if you don't know a whole lot about old comics like that book is still just like a total trip to read. Um, yeah. The stuff with Funky Flashman is really good. Was, oh like, my uh, god, I love you can, Funky. You can obviously tell who that is, right? Like. Do you yeah. know who Connor? Yeah, that's Stan Lee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Like he said Excelsior like fifty times. Yeah. Do you know I'm I know you... I'm a baby, but like I'm I'm not that but, like, young. But do you know why like Funky Flashman is a character? I ha- no, that I I can't tell you. So when Jack Kirby left Marvel to go write for DC, he created this like seventies huckster like like charlatan named Funky Flashman, <laughs> uh, who basically was everything he kind of hated about Stanley. Okay. And like, and that's Funky Flashman. Hey, he's uh, just a he's a flimflam man. Which is like also like when you read that book, and that book came out like I want to say like the month that Stanley died, and then there's that kind of big send off for Funky Flashman. It's like oh shit, like I don't think they planned this, but oh no, they definitely did not. Mm. I think he died like right when like right before the last issuing out. Yeah, something uh, like that. But it was kind of it was kind of a good send off, mm-hmm. and uh, but like the stuff with like the baby's name, you know, <laughs> be you know he he names. He names the baby after his grandfather, mm-hmm. who is God, and his God is Jack. Yeah, mm-hmm. his God is Jack Kirby. That's I didn't know that. That's a and it's that's just a cute like nod. yeah. There's just like again, like it's like one of those books where if if you know where to find it, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. If one my, if you're not if you're not really looking, you're still gonna have a really good time. Yeah. One of my favorite parts is like him talking about how he actually doesn't have a name and that. Because when All Father gave him over, oh yeah, that like he didn't have a name, and then he just went by Scott Free, Scott Free, because he just wanted to be like he just made up a name. And well, no, that's him. that's what a Granny Goodness calls. Yeah, him. Granny Goodness calls him. And then what's uh, when he leaves, Mister Miracle was like a, a TV guy whose persona he took over. Which is funny because that actual character showed up in last week's Detective. I think Detective Nine Ninety Nine, the original Mister Miracle. But um, yeah, that book is just super rad, and it is the most head trippy craziness thing like I've read in a while. Oh yeah, man! It felt like I was in uh, uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, Dark just Side like the is. way Dark Side is, man. Like that that ever present anti life equation doesn't matter. Like yeah. like yeah, like I I need I need to like reread that book at some point. I have all the single issues. Uh, I'm kind of waiting for like a a deluxe hardcover to buy the trade. I um, really hope that he would, he comes back at some point and revisits that. Yeah. That I concept. got the trade. Yeah. Because like, I don't know, again, it's so weird to be like, Oh, that's the same guy that is writing. Um, what do you call it? Uh, that heroes in crisis, heroes in crisis. I'm not even reading it. That's you. Yeah. And like, that's cause I don't want to think about it, but like, it's the same guy. And I'm like, how does this one man like write these two things? I mean, not everything you're ever going to write. is going to be a zinger. I mean, yeah. maybe it's, yeah, maybe Heroes in the Crisis also has like a really good final two issues or something. Yeah, well, it's also like they are so like different. I don't know if Mister. Mer- I think Mister. Miracle's the thing that's like he just like went off into some weird place because that is the thing that's like kind of the aberration of his writing. Like most of uh, his stuff seems to be more 
like straight. It's not as like crazy, like more. I don't scene. know, man. The vi- the vision is. I have not yeah, read the, the vision. vision. I've just read his DC stuff. Oh, dude, read the vision. Yeah, man. If I you wouldn't like say Mr. there's Miracle. parallels, but there are like there are definitely lines of causality. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you like Mister Miracle, you really, really need to read the vision. Yeah, right. that's. I started with the vision, and that's what got I'll me into Tom my King list. as like a writer. And now I got to read uh, Sheriffs of Babylon. I mean, like, I think you could like totally debate the vision still being a better book than Mr. Miracle, but I, I think it's like uh, a very it's it's it, they're both like great, like super great. I also think the Mr. Miracle had like an extra ace up its sleeve because Mr. Miracle is so far off the beaten path when it comes to recognized heroes, at least from like the general perspective. Um, you no, you're do... definitely right. At least Vision's been in like cartoons and stuff. He's been in movies, movies. He's been in cartoons and stuff like that. But Mr. Mr. Miracle, I had been, like... no idea who that was until I opened the book after hearing nothing but praise about it. Yeah, he always shows up whenever they do new God stuff because he's, I guess next to Orion, he's like the next best new god. Man, like, or next, not best, fuck but like, Orion as well. Yeah, well, uh, he's a, I hate Orion, but uh, he's like the next most famous new god of like the good guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like the the recognizable like new gods. Like you know, it's Orion, it's Dark Side, it's uh, Barda, Scott Free, and oh yeah, most of the, that, mostly it's villains that, that are recognizable. Most of the villains are more recognizable than heroes. Cause it's like oh, most... no, knock out, knock out, uh, knock out light ray, put in grinding goodness. There's your five, like grinding goodness. I would say Calabac is pretty recognizable, maybe not by name, but by look, by look, because yeah. I knew Cause he's who been he used was. in a lot of stuff. Um, like I, I think I mentioned it in the chat, uh, when I finished reading it. Like, this is a really good book for introducing people to the new gods because you get to see the whole pantheon. Oh, yeah, and, like I, I, I wouldn't, no, it's, I it's, wouldn't say that. You know, it, a better book to see, like, the new gods might be the Furies book going on right now, okay? Because I, I think like- you. Well, because I realize I, I totally respect that this is a uh, an Elseworld story because um, yeah. they do the allude to it at the end of it. Yeah, because one of the things in the in that book is that they don't really explain what the deal is between Mister Miracle and Orion. Like, do you know their what their relationship is to each other? Yeah, um, well, because they explain it at the start of the book that like uh, Orion is the son of Darkseed. Dark side, I, I guess. Sorry. Um, and they they traded sons for yes. a peace agreement between Apocalypse and New Genesis. Yes. So yeah, Orion is Dark Side's son, mm-hmm. mother unknown, mm-hmm. and yeah, and Mister Miracle is High Father's son. And basically, they got raised completely opposite. But mm-hmm. Orion's basically like the god of war for the new gods, and he's constantly having to keep in check his dark sideness. Which is why he has, like, the glowing eyes and shit. And he rides that stupid, like, bike thing around, which I hate. All right, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, uh, the one, guys one, are really weird. One panel I do want to bring uh, recognition to is the the panel where they're having the trial in in uh, the apartment with Barda and everybody, like, sitting on the couch cramped. Oh, um, yes. And uh, they keep asking Scott those questions, and he keeps, like, answering true. It's a really great scene. Um but my favorite part of that is after he punches Orion. Orion sits up, he grabs a carrot, dips it, eats it, and then, then he, he gives the verdict. And I think that is, like, the most Wes Anderson thing I can think of. Oh, see, I love the maternity ward, like, when they're waiting for the baby to be born. Oh, and yeah, and the furies and are just sitting, sitting with all the furies. And, the furies are the best. Yeah, and what, what is the one's name? With the it's like uh, Bernadette. No, which one's the crazy one? Uh, Mad Harriet. Yeah, Mad Harriet says something like, and like goes off on him, and then it's like congratulations, and like goes and runs away. 
don't know. Like that is such like a weird, crazy book. But yeah, it's yeah. definitely like the most else worlds of New Gods. But the New Gods are fucking crazy. Like I don't know. It's like hard to describe. And then it's funny because he brought those basically the exact same idea over to Marvel. I think we talked about it an episode or two ago. The Eternals, and they're just like not as good. Yeah, you did. I do remember you mentioning the Eternals, and I have no intention of reading the Eternals. Oh, there'll be a movie at some point. Oh, that is something news-wise we could talk about quickly. Oh, did we not talk about? Oh, I guess it only happened on Friday. Yeah. Um, the gun is back. The gun. The gun. Marvel's oh yeah, gun James Gunnathy. Yeah, so I talked about it on one of the After Dark shows. So, like, if you guys want to just, I would love to hear what you guys think of this situation because we were kind of all on the same page. So, I don't know if you guys have any different thoughts or anything specific you want to talk about it. Uh, I, mine could just be like summed up in a very simple hell yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I mean, I'm glad he's back. Uh, I, I think you know. I think it wasn't just, you know, him going to DC that, you know, and them feeling jealous. I think that more than just Batista were willing to walk away from Guardians 3 and unless they brought him back. And I think, you know, that's the reason he was brought back. Well, yeah, like they never even said at any point, oh, we have another director. We have another writer. They were going to use the man's script. Like, okay, imagine, just imagine the absolute outcry if at any point between the summer and right now they had announced, we have a director for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The massive fan outcry would be immense. Well, I also think that I bet that they reached out and a bunch of people were like, "Um, no, we're not going to take that job. Yeah, probably. might have had a lot to do with it. And I think maybe DC hiring him so fast, because I think they hired him within like the month that he got canned. And not that that was like a big thing, but like how quickly he did that and the names that were circling that movie immediately, like probably didn't like probably help move things along. And I'm sure like the entire cast stood behind him, but like most notably, obviously, Batista. But like, yeah, like I'm not like I... Uh, I'm happy. I thought it was bullshit. He got fired for a bunch of like stuff. He apologized for like a long time ago and was also jokes. So I'm not sure. Is there anything anybody else wants to talk about before we jump into our topic of the evening? Uh, I want to talk about assassination. Hell yes. I read this on the bus home today. Yeah. uh, Did you happen to read uh, assassination? Assassination nation? No. Okay. So I thought it was called assassination nation. I was uh, wrong. Uh, it's just called Assassination. Okay. Okay. That's, but I there's, know. A TV, there's a TV show called Assassination Nation. That's what I keep getting confused with. Uh, okay. But yeah, uh, this book is uh, rad. It's by Kyle Starks, who I think is uh, the one of the funniest people in comics. Uh, he wrote uh, Sex Castle, Kill Them All. Uh, he's the current writer of the Rick and Morty comics. Uh, he did Rock Candy Mountain, that was really good. Uh, Art by Erica Henderson, who is the artist for, who was the former artist on uh, Squirrel Girl for many, many issues. Uh, and basically, it's about this guy uh, named Chekhov's Gun, who has like a bunch of people coming after him. And so he hires a bunch of assassins to keep him safe. Uh, it's really funny. Uh, like, who who and, is this with again? What was that? Who's the, which company is this with? Uh, Image. Okay. And so, uh, like, the first page is, like, you have the uh, the Assassin's rankings worldwide. And the top 20. You, yeah. So you have, like, the top 20, and you basically get, like, a quick, like, idea of who these people are. You know, it's, like, number one, this guy named Fernando. Uh, some of the other people in this, uh, you know, in this top 20, you got Chad Fingerman, uh, Wistful Stan, Desert Regal, uh, Frankie Townhouse. 
uh, meat stick, uh, David Bowie knife. It's pretty oh my good. god! Uh, there's Rumble Death Patch, uh, Dave, and but I think my favorite. Oh yeah, no, is, I'm glad you're gonna bring it up. Is uh, one man, and his name <laughs> is uh, Buck Tarkington. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Uh, but yeah, this book this book just like has like a lot of just like kind of cool moments. Like you're introduced to Chekhov's gun, and, and it's him explaining to this guy why his name is Chekhov's gun, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I already know why they call you that. Like, you don't have to explain it to me." Uh, but yeah, like the, the art's good. Uh, like it, it's just like it's so fun. It's gonna be five issues, uh, so it's not gonna run for very long. Which I think you know, I think a concept of this book won't wouldn't go for very long anyways. Uh. But it, it, you know, it's good. You have like a pretty cool cast so far. Uh, Fuck is just a great character. Uh, he he goes into like this big spiel about someone asks him like why his name is Fuck, and he you know proceeds to tell him that his dad called him that because it was like a boy named Sue kind of situation where you know he didn't want to give his son like kind of a feminine name, mm. and uh, it's just yeah it's just it's just funny uh, you sold me on it i've been trying to get stuff outside of the big two you already sold me on one book that i cannot wait for the next uh part of it so um this is definitely something uh, i want to check out yeah a, a guy shoots a, his gun and the bullet goes through the head of three people and the sound effect for this is traumad and yeah. there's an eyeball in the A, and it, it like it looks like the Toxic Avenger. Oh God, New Jersey's first superhero. And then fuck, and then fuck's like, wow, that's a doozy of a shot, bro. Yeah, he's giving up props. Yeah, and and it's funny because okay, so like I I like a lot of Kyle Stark books. Um, and a lot a lot of his books are like really over the top, like death by punches kind of thing, you know. Uh. And it's kind of funny because, like, reading Assassination, it, it's, like, a more subdued version of Kyle Starks. It's still, like, really funny, but it just kind of doesn't have, like, that, you know, that really over-the-top humor that you kind of expect from him. And I kind of like it, you know. It's, it it, it kind of shows, like, a, a, a different kind of range of, like, what, you know, he's able to do. A more subdued, uh, calmer Yeah, style. he actually... And, like, I, I talked to him at Emerald City, and I was, like, you know, just gushing about how much I love the issue one. Um, and he actually turned me on to, uh, he said I should read his Mars Attack book, um, which I, like, oh. kind of don't care about Mars Attacks. Like, no, yeah. Like, outside of the Tim Burton movie, um, but evidently he was like, look, I'm not, uh, like... You know, I'm basically he's like, this is my favorite thing I've ever written. Like, I I think it's I think it's the best thing I've I, I I've written. I think it's really fun. Uh, not a lot of people read it because it's dynamite book, and I think there's like a you know connotation that kind of comes with those books sometimes. But uh, I you know he he was like, I I think it's really good. So I'm gonna like at some point like try and check out his Mars Attack books because I think like every book he's written so far that I've read from him is like a winner. Except for Rick and Morty. I, I don't care about a Rick and Morty comic, but from what people have told me, that book is really cool. And I do not doubt it. Yeah, I, I, I always have like a weird feeling when it comes to like people doing a like a comic version of like a cartoon it's not written at all by the people who do the writing oh the no show. they actually get away with it in the comic too because they say it's in an alternate universe well and also <sighs> like he was talking about how um how much the writers of the rick and morty show have faith in him as a writer of of their brand that like anytime that they're busy with anything like rick and morty related that they can't do um they send them over to Kyle Starks to basically handle it because he knows, like, you know, what they want. Mm-hmm. So at least, you know, 
you know, again, like I, like I watched the Rick and Morty show, but like that's kind of about as much as I care about Rick and Morty. Yeah. All right. Um. No, oh, is there any other books? Like I don't know. You definitely sold me on Assassination. So. Um. I also read Runaways number uh, nineteen. Um. Book is still awesome. Uh. We have like a new artist on the book. Uh. Andreas Gnault. Uh. Like the big kind of like cliffhanger at the end of the last book was that uh, Alex left the group, um, but then like someone, uh, someone from the Runaways was coming after, uh, you know, wanted to join him, and it'd be in Molly, um, and you know, you basically get a whole issue of Alex and Molly hanging out with a dynamic you haven't really seen before within any of the Runaways books. Um, you get like kind of like a bigger insight to what like Alex is kind of going through right now you know, being dead or not dead, but, you know, not feeling anything. Uh, there's like a point where um, he explains to Molly, like when people touch him, like it feels like death. Yeah. And she's like, well, what's that like? And she like touches his arm and you just see like ghosts in the background. And they're both just like, ho- like he's like super sad. And she's just like mortified. And he takes, she takes her hand away. And she's like, Alex, that's so cool. You know, like kind of like being a big kid about it, but you know, trying to make him feel better. But um, it's like a really cool issue. Um, Runaways is still like one of the best books at Marvel. People should be reading this book so bad. Like if you like the Runaways TV show or if you like the Runaways uh, comic from like Brian K. Vaughn and you, you know, you fell off because that book was kind of got bad and you're right. It did like Rainbow Rowell is killing it. Like she's doing like this amazing work on Runaways, and like I I I really hope people like read this book more. I asked Anka about it. I was like, I'm like super like I'm always scared that this book's gonna get canceled, and he's like, well, like you know, you know, they got some time, and that gives me hope that people are buying this series. But like, I'm gonna be like so incredibly sad the day that this book gets like this book ends because I think like this run is as good, if not better, than the original run. Damn. Wow. Okay, that's yeah. a pretty big statement. Yeah. Like, I I cannot like sing the praises of this book more. Yeah. Okay. I really did enjoy that original run. I think I fell off like uh, when that book started to turn. So yeah, awesome. I know. Was there any other books that the two of you wanted to talk about? Uh, that was the only stuff I read. Like, I also picked up like uh, Wonder Twins, but I haven't had Tundra yet. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I read Mob Psycho, but it, it's really good. Go read and watch Mob Psycho. That's it. Yeah, how far are you in Mob Psycho? I'm on episode seven right now of season one. So you're at the fight with the big tall, tall hat, uh, tall headed kid. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I I cannot get over how fucking cool that fight with, was with the blonde haired dude. Yep. Oh, that was rad. Go watch Mob Psycho 100. Um. Yeah. Let's let's transition over to our topic, I suppose. Yeah. So this week we are going to talk about. I guess I'm not sure how to frame this. I guess for me, it was like a book uh, I was ashamed to have liked, but I guess it was more worded of like something you didn't think you were going to like and you do like. Mm-hmm. So um, does anybody in particular want to go first? Uh, I have two books. Okay, I only have one. Uh, so I'll just go first since I have two and then, then we can sneak mm-hmm. back around. Um, the first one um, I was going to say was uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Uh, because, like, I, I, like, I had, like, not a big idea of who, um, um, like, you know, uh, of Steve Lieber was at the time. Like, I knew, like, he written, like, some books, but, or drew some books, but, like, it wasn't really, like, anything, like, I kind of read up to that point. Um, 
you know, it's like, I, I, I think, like, I write his, like, you know, I think his fill-ins for Hawkeye came out around that point, and they were, like, good, you know, but I was still kind of in that mindset of, like, oh, you know, it's not as good as Aja, but, you know, that's fine. Um, and then, like, Nick Spencer, uh, you know, it's like, I knew him from, like, Morning Glories, and the book was kind of cool, but, like, it got, like, so late over time, and he did, like, a couple other books, like, Forgetless, I thought it was, like, not bad, but, like, I like the art way more than I like the book. Or, like, The Infinite Vacation, which also just came super late. Um, so I was just like, ah, like, I don't know about this guy. And it was also, like, a tie-in to Superior Spider-Man, which I was excited for. But it launched also with, like, four other books. So it was just like, uh, it's like an in-between kind of book. Uh, and then I remember, like, the reviews for Superior Foes, number one, was, like, really good. So people were like, oh, you gotta go read this. And I, like, read it, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in love with this book. This is great. And then I just, like, read the entire series that was coming out, and it was, like, such a surprise. And I and I loved it. And to this day, like, Next Wave and Superior Foes of Spider-Man are still, like, the two funniest Marvel books I've ever read. <laughs> you always need some good funny books. Yep. Um, did you want to go next, Connor, or did you want me to? I can go next. All sure. Right. Um, I thought of two as well. Uh, the two that like stand out to me the most, at least. Uh, for this this topic, um, uh, it just kind of meant something that uh, the way I I pick up comics is I either listen to your guys' recommendations or I quite literally judge a book by its cover and I'll just grab like cool comic books off the shelf and like buy two or three and then read them over the course of a week. Um, so earlier last year. Uh, when I picked up Hellboy for the first time, I thought it was just going to be that kind of occasion where I picked up the the first, like, 12 or 15 issues, whatever the, the first collection is of his, and I, I grabbed it and I fell immediately in love, and I bought the next two the second day, and then I almost immediately, like, read through all of those, and now I'm working through, I, I own all the Hellboy stuff, like, the main run of Hellboy, I'm working on, like, the side stories and everything, like, the Abe Sapien, BPRD stuff. Like, I just, I fell so deeply in love with, like, this weird, ugly demon that just wants to, you know, smoke and hang out. And people are just kind of putting shit on him. I just think it's a really cool concept. And mm-hmm. a really great book. So I, I fell, like, deeply in love with it. Like, I keep... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's, I, it's... I, I love Hellboy since the first time I read it. I still have to, like, go back through it. So on my, like, never-ending list of things that I need to reread. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, was there anything else or uh no no i just really i i just really enjoy hellboy and it's a lot of fun uh, yeah. and i think everybody should like pick it up there's the new movies coming out so that was yeah which that second too. trailer actually looks much better than the first one it does and i but i still have a problem with his face and i don't yeah. know if i'll ever get over hellboy's face at least in this movie well because ron perlman was perfect ron perlman was perfect and there'll be like no getting over that we'll never right. be able to find like this weird big tall chested man with tiny chicken legs wearing underwear and firing uh, a massive pistol in a trench coat that's burned to a crisp yeah. and that is an absolute panel from like several of the the comics yeah. i'm surprised they didn't go with the the like the, like the hoof legs in this version I yeah, I feel like, like that would just be, like, difficult. I wonder if it would just cost way too much to just animate them constantly. Yeah, I feel like that might just be eating up a cost that they just don't have to worry about. Just give them shoes, boots, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they did do it in... Oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to call this in Inhumans. What? Um, with... Oh my god. Uh, John, you're going to have to help me if you know the character. Who's the big, strong guy in the Inhumans that's, like, an animal dude? 
the big strong guy in the Inhumans. I don't know nothing about the Inhumans other than oh, like God. a handful of characters. It's that dude who's like their muscle. Lockjaw. <laughs> this is a dog. Oh, uh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, uh, Triton? No, Triton's the, like, Aquaman dude. Uh, Karnak? No, he's, like, the smart fighter guy. He's uh, the monk. Gort? Gorgon? Yes, Gorgon, yes. <laughs> they gave him the hoofy. Gort? Gorgon. Gorton? Gorgon. Like, Gorgon. Like, no. the... Like, in Clash of the Titans, the Gorgon? Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, they gave him the hoofy in that. But they literally were like, oh, he puts on boots to make everybody else feel comfortable. Like, yeah, has, so they like, don't have to animate. Boots. Yeah, like special boots to like make him like not. So, like Then he like takes them off at one point. And you're like, oh, he has the feet. He's got feet. All right. So since I interpreted this question in a completely different manner. Um, I think that's kind of the best part. We all kind of took it in a different yeah. manner. So mine's kind of a little controversial because most people really hate this book. Um, I'm. It's gonna be very hard for me to defend this. But was it trouble? Oh, I kind of like the Dark Knight Strikes Again, the sequel to the Dark Knight Returns. Uh, I didn't. I I, I knew I, it existed. I I don't know anything about it. I read like a little bit of it, and then I just like reading. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a hard thing to get over the art. It's like it's Frank Miller's art, so it's Oof. a thing. But it's not even like like look like there's like a time like Frank Miller drawing was like pretty cool, and then there's like a time like at late nineties where he just like kind of stopped caring this is like i think like the edge there's like sometimes you're like oh like these don't look terrible and there's other times you're like oh this is this is not good but yeah like because especially like i'm flipping through the book where that i have that has the both the first two together and like when you compare the art it is so drastically different but basically like story-wise he batman kind of rejoins the justice league and i like what one of the things i like is that I like how the Justice League has been taken out, and I like how they play Lex in it. I don't. I hate his character design. Okay, so what what is going on in that? Because I don't so, know anything do you, after the, the the main story itself. After he fights Superman, I don't know anything after that. Okay, after so he, he fights like, Superman in the end of Dark Knight Returns, and he fakes yeah. his death. Alfred dies, and basically. Batman kind of, he also, all of the mutant gangs side with him and they go underground. And basically he proves that Superman isn't like unbeatable. Okay, cool. And then in Strikes Again, it's him kind of going after the government that Superman was working for in Dark Knight Returns. And specifically you find out that there really isn't a government, that it is all Lex Luthor and that the government is this kind of like computer generated like program that's put out there that Luther has designed and that all the rest of the members of the Justice League besides Batman, Wonder Woman and Superman have actually been sort of imprisoned. So the first one that they find is the Atom okay. and has been trapped in a petri dish for years and it's like a whole thing of him fighting like these dragon looking creatures and all this stuff and then he, he slowly starts to grow and then he like kind of remembers who he is and you just see that he's in a petri dish and then oh. um i can't remember carrie kelly goes and rescues him she's no longer robin she's cat girl and okay. then they go and rescue the flash who is in this like um gerbil ball and he's powering the entire west coast with him just running and basically they're like yeah if you stop running we'll kill your family oh and they save them and then when the awesome turns is you go and see what happened in this world to um arkham asylum and basically they just like sealed it off and then let the kind of inmates do whatever they want and they've been kind of cannibalizing each other 
Um, but what you find out is that like the most powerful weapon in all of existence is underneath Arkham Asylum, which is Plastic Man. Yeah, man, Plastic Man seems to be like just this constant in all of DC that he is just power. He's unkillable and he's elastic. And he, well, he's not unlike the other elastic characters. So they actually show like the government gets Ralph Dimby, mm-hmm. the elongated man, to fight him, and he can just stretch like Mister Fantastic. But like Plastic Man can literally just make his body into anything. Yeah, like, that's I, like how he's I, to turn into helicopters and all sorts of other goofy shit. I think that's a really cool way of of nodding at a character. Yeah, we get it. You're super powerful, but yeah, let's make you like, just stupid. Yeah, he's he's kind of like that Deadpool thing, where like Deadpool is basically unkillable as well. Yeah, that's one of my favorite subplots in Marvel is that, like, Thanos wants to court death, and he, that's why he's always trying to kill everyone, and uh, uh, Deadpool is married to death. So, in theory, uh, he's trying to get cut. But that's a that's a longer joke. Um, back to comics we liked. Yeah, so, I do like it. It's very, like, there is stuff about it I completely understand that people don't like. I like, I don't like the third one at all. I do not suggest anybody read it whatsoever. But there are aspects of the second book that I like, and I think it... What happens t- in that one? Um, the Adam and Superman team, uh, the Adam and Superman team up, and basically Superman convinces the Adam to fix Kandor, which is the city that uh, Brainiac shrunk from Krypton. Mm-hmm. And in this story, Superman and Wonder Woman have two children. They just had a baby, and then in Strikes Back, they reveal that he has a teenage daughter with Wonder Woman. Okay. So, and then basically they fix it, but when they, like, open up Kandor, everybody but, like, this cult that arose in it, because they've been in isolation for, like, I don't know. Well, even though, since whenever Brainiac took them, so, like... Oh, yeah. So, like... Years. like a Yeah. And basically there's like 20 or 30 Kryptonians that pop out mm-hmm. and they're a crazy cult. And they basically like immediately try to take over the world, which oh, is okay. why it's called, isn't it like superior race? Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. And it's really weird. Yeah. I remember when I lived out in Vancouver shops and seeing that. Yeah. Like you can get it anywhere because it's not good. And the art is even worse. Like if you look at the three books together, like there is an insane decline in ability. And yet they're giving him, an, I think, another book to write and draw soon. Because, you know, once you make that one book that basically forms the generation, multiple generations of people's view on a character, you're basically allowed to do whatever you want. But, uh, John, what was your third book? Or your second book, I mean? Uh, historically, like, I'm not, like, a big war guy. Like, I don't, I don't like war movies. I don't like war TV shows. I don't like war fiction. It's just, like, the... I- it's the, the idea of just, like, war stories has just, like, never been for me. Um... So I was, like, kind of surprised, you know, after, like, a lot of people, like, were uh, telling me about Sheriff of Babylon that uh, I should read it. I still didn't. Uh, and it wasn't until I read The Vision that um, I decided to give it a try. Uh, and Sheriff of Babylon's, like, not bad. Like, it's good. Like, I um, I don't think it's my favorite Tom King thing um, by far. Uh, but when it comes to, like, war stories, like, it was, like, a story that I was, you know... I read and I had a good time and I was kind of surprised I did. No, I, you know what? I just thought of another book that fits more in the thing. Um, but that is interesting. That is definitely a book I haven't heard about. Like, um, what is that book about? Besides, uh, it's, I mean, it's Tom, it's like a semi autobiographical take on Tom King's career, you know, working with the military in Iraq. Okay. I don't think I've heard of this. So yeah, that's definitely interesting. Cause he was in the FBI or CIA or something. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in the CIA. 
Oh man. Uh, the book I was thinking of, which I think we talked about a while ago was, uh, the power Rangers book where like, I never thought I would like a power Rangers thing. And that book is goddamn rad. Mm-hmm. Like that's the boom studios. But like, I actually like, will suggest anyone to read the shattered grid kind of storyline. And I think that it brought new life to that franchise that they're actually like kind of doing some stuff with that in a bunch of things. So I don't know. Um, is there anything else anybody wants to talk about before we hit plugs and say goodbye? Uh, what's this Starro Robin image in the in the Facebook group from? Oh, so is this from I, Justice League? Yeah, I think it's from Justice League. I haven't read. I think it's an issue. It's either Justice League or it's Death something with Deathstroke. Because I'm like more surprised about Batman laughing than I am about anything. In- it might be like an image that was released recently for Justice League. Okay. Um, maybe it's coming out tomorrow. I don't remember. I think it's still coming out tomorrow. Um, but Jaro has been in the Justice League book for since that book has been kind of revamped since Rebirth. Or since like, no, uh, no what is it? No Justice. Because he's basically like a cutoff from Starro. Because Starro kamikaze himself to stop mm-hmm. Maniac. And he's literally been running around as Batman's sidekick. But he's just in a jar. And he just gives him, like, psychic help to stay in contact with, like, to block psychics from taking over Batman, as well as, like, to help him stay in contact with, like, Martian Manhunter. And he they literally refer to each other. He refers to Batman as dad. But they uh-huh. never refer to him as Robin, so maybe this is, like, a dream inside of Jaro. I think it's just, like, an image they released for the book coming out this week. Because mm-hmm. he's basically still in a jar. So, I'm not sure. But it is funny. I do like the character a lot. Because he's hilarious. The Batman's just running around with this, like, baby starfish. Nice. Right. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, no, we kind of keep it Oh, yeah. No, there's, yeah, there's not much to it. Like, I was going to say Scott Pilgrim is my final one. Um, yeah. that's real good. Brian Lee O'Malley just does real good. Um, Man, I was, like, one of three people in our town that was reading, like, Scott Pilgrim when it was, like, first coming out. Nice. And then, like, by the time, like, Volume 6 came out, uh, we sold like 125 copies of that book like, wow. of our first initial order. Damn. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I remember how crazy that was. I got into it around that time, too. I'm I'm the bandwagon hopper. Um, but, I mean, that's good still. I'm a lifelong fan of all his work. I loved Seconds. I'm At some point, I'll pick up Snot Girl. Yeah, Snot, um, Snot Girl's good. I, I think Snot Girl is so far better uh, than Seconds because I think, like, Seconds kind of falls off the cliff on like the very end of that book yeah i'll agree with that it gets a little too high concept and loses itself i think the i think the way everything falls into place and the lesson that she learns at the end of that book is completely counterintuitive to the story of the book Mm -hmm. so yeah but i think everything else like pretty good all right so um why don't we do a quick round of plugs and head out of here yeah uh, okay, I'll go first. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Question Connor. Um, uh, follow me on an. Did I, uh, sorry, that's my Twitter handle. My Instagram handle is maybe Connor. Uh, and uh, I occasionally write when I have free time and I'm not uh, lazy, I guess. Uh, I write for Lost Harrow uh, for the games part. And I do reviews sometimes uh, for lostharrow.wordpress.com. Um, woo, I did it. It'll uh, That'll be a constant struggle in my life. Um, other than that, that's it, actually. Right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, did you want to name any comics you're picking up this week, quick? Uh, honestly, I, I bought Injustice Year One off of your and Alan's recommendation. Mm. Um, 
and I'm going to check that out. I got it for like 20 bucks, so it wasn't too much of a, a thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think you want to stop that. Yeah, no, that's, sure that's the thing is I don't, I don't really care about anything after that. Your one is like a of stuff like anyways a, yeah so. it's like a prequel to the first game i think yeah i do really like the game the first game at least um so uh, i I'll, i imagine i'll enjoy this and see what happens and see like i love the stories where they're like let's fucking make a character evil and kill a bunch of people i just yeah like the weird elseworld mm-hmm. what if stuff uh, i just and wish just... that guy wasn't superman oh soups uh, yeah, that's it for me. Oh, and Mob Psycho Volume 2. Uh, I have that on order, and that should come in this week. And I will read oh, that. Awesome. John? Uh, I'll pick up Naomi, number three, Bitterroot, number five, Farmhand, number six, West Coast Avengers, number nine, and Meet the Scrolls, number two. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John, uh, J-O-H-N, underscore, F-N, underscore, Siler, S-E-I-L-E-R, uh, where you can see me uh, dunk on the new... Uh, Google uh, video game system and how it's just complete fucking garbo, stupid and dumb. Or you can like see me talk about Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, oh yeah, and also I am on another podcast uh, called Legion of Tunes, where this week we'll be talking about uh, one of my favorite shows, Ron the One Half. I have watched all the episodes that you asked and a couple more. I have. Uh... <laughs> did you did you did you watch any episodes that involved Kodachi? Is that the guy that turns into a pig? No, that's Ryoga. No, that's, I think I just got Kodachi, the episode. Kodachi's like, she's like a gymnast. She's in like the arc that's after Ryoga. Okay, that's probably like the next thing. I'm not sure how far I'm going to go. Um, all right. But yeah, that should be, be, should be coming out the same day as this. So go check that out. Just search for Legion of Tunes on all your podcast things. Um, for me, you also, uh, Oh, what are you reading? What are you I am up? reading also Naomi number three. I'm picking up Wildstorm 21, uh, High Level number two, which I read the first one. I really liked it. That's the new book from uh, from DC Vertigo kind of thing. And Lucifer number six. Um, I'll say Alan had to dip out, but he is picking up Guardians of the Galaxy number three, Batman 67, Archie 703, and Wildstorm as well. And um, so besides Legion of Tunes, me and Alan do a podcast every Tuesday on this stream called uh, Smallville Chronicles. The last episode we had came out and it's the second episode with Jonathan Taylor Thomas and the guy that ended up playing Iceman in the X-Men movie. And it is they're pretty good. They're not terrible episodes. Um, the ones that we watch. But yeah, check those out. Phantom Zone. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to everything on all the podcasts uh, where you find them. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever. And uh, yeah, losharo.wordpress.com for everything else. And um, that's about it. We'll catch you guys next week. Adios. I love you. Uh, bye. There is no way out of here. That is the point of the Phantom Zone.